Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of The Infertile Diagnosis. I'm your host, Monica Cox, along with Sarah Clark, and we're here to support, inspire, and educate those who are all consumed with the label of infertility. We totally know how you're feeling. Both Sarah and I were diagnosed with a form of infertility before we hit our 30s. We let the fertility experts dictate our past and ignored what our bodies were trying to tell us for far too long. So here we are, helping you take control of your infertile diagnosis. Right, so welcome to our first Q&A on the infertile diagnosis. We are here to, you know, just to set the record straight with some of the conflicting information that is out there. Um, Our first Q&A is um, really no questions from the audience. We just wanted to um, come and set some some record straight about all these um, superstitions. I suppose, or myths or things that we see the inf- um, infer- infertile community doing on a regular basis, right? This is not just in my head. <laughs> um, I have to admit, I did try some of these myself um, until I kind of started realizing that they were probably doing a lot more damage to my health than helping. But the first one we want to tackle is the McDonald's French fries. The fucking fries. It kills me. That's shocking. (laughs) Where the fuck did this come from? Like, sometimes I wonder, did McDonald's, like, like, give all the IVF clinics a kickback if they, like, promote going to eat McDonald's French fries? Because it's not just fries, right? It's McDonald's French fries. Not, what about Burger King? Like, yeah. what? Like, why? <laughs> I, yeah, I couldn't find on the internet anywhere why McDonald's French fries and how it got started. I mean, it must have started on like a chat forum group, right? I can't, yeah, I can't remember now what, because I know there's something about the the oils or something, but but yeah, they're, they've got trans fat. Now they say there's no trans fat in there, but I think if, they're, if it's below below 2.5 percent they don't need to report it so there's still even though they say there's no trans fat but the fats in there like it's definitely not the good fat that you're finding in in um french fries and then having that don't get me wrong like i for years i did the standard western diet i had my like my fair share of um big macs and fries on a regular basis but when you're going through this delicate procedure to, to form new life and you're taking in a processed gross food like mcdonald's i haven't darkened the door in years yeah i did used to go regularly and the more i had it i literally craved those fries like crazy like i crave them so, yeah so on this week's um closer day day clip i played a clip about mcdonald's fries so i think all of our listeners are well and truly informed of how shitty fries are from the very beginning of their growth in the fields of, um, and he talks about all the toxins they actually use to grow the potato because they wanted a certain type of 
potato, but this potato is um, really prone to all the little brown marks, you know, you get on potatoes. So they use crazy ass chemicals to get rid of this. So that's step one, right? We're not even talking. I'm clicking the organic button. <laughs> right. And then, yeah, the shit that they are fried in. Um, also on my research for this, um, I was reading different bloggers about the McDonald's French fries because obviously it's a hot topic. And um, one woman swore by them that it helped um, her first IVF cycle happen. And she asked her um, doctor about, oh, should I go get these fries? Thinking the doctor is going to say to her, no, 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 don't, don't eat that. And the doctor said, and I'm quoting this, Salt would help with my OHSS, so your hyperstimulation of your ovaries, which can happen um, during egg retrieval. And I just thought, you fuck, really? Like, go get some nice Himalayan pink salt if you want some salt in your diet. Don't go get the shitty McDonald's one. So yeah, um, it's just crazy. So eating one thing of fries during, let's say, a month's period when you're driving home from the clinic, is it going to destroy your chances of begin getting pregnant? No, right? You would agree with that. We're not saying that this is going to have, you know, don't do it because it, it's going to affect the outcome of your journey. What we're saying is, is being really mindful that this is just not the best option. You know, I was really happy to see on Instagram once um, this woman who was doing healthy eating went to her favorite restaurant and they actually did French fries or chips in duck fat, which was awesome. I was like, yeah, good healthy fats. That's probably a really nice organic potato. Like that's the way to treat your body and treat your future child, right? <laughs> and I don't know, I kind of wonder I know, I don't know. I can't say I had the McDonald's French fries on my first IVF. I just don't remember. I definitely did not have them on my second IVF. Um, I have to admit when I went into labor with, well, I didn't go into labor with my first child. I was induced and I like, like hung around for five days. I was so fucking over it. We had a McDonald's then, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's just making those better choices, right? And I just feel like the community, like this is why we're doing the podcast. We want to make a difference. We want to make some waves that these little superstitions, even though you feel like, I don't know, I sometimes wonder if people are just doing it to be a part of the community, to do something, you know, they post their picture and... One says, yeah, I did too. So it could yeah. be included um, with the superstition, but it doesn't... because I. I think everyone, I don't think anyone thinks that, like if you've seen Super Size Me, I, I don't think anyone thinks that McDonald's is healthy. Like I, I don't think, think that's even people that eat on a regular basis know it's not good for you. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and the, the superstition around this by, I don't know, it's just something, yeah, a miss, like a, a myth buster of saying, well, why? You know, like we look at it, like what's the food that's right for your body? Well, maybe you've got issues like you with nightshades. Maybe there's, you know, the wrong salt, the, all the, the wrong fat, the wrong salt, like everything processed. It's not organic. It's full of pesticides. Why? 
like as you say, go home and make yourself. I make fries at home all the time. Yeah, I I just want to know what the psychology of it all is and where the fuck it came from. Um, actually, you mentioned Super Size Me. There is a YouTube clip, which I'll put in the show notes, of the same guy who did the, um, the movie. And they got all the different McDonald's, like burgers, and like the Flay and the Big Mac and the cheeseburger and fries. And they put them in the, um, these like glass containers and let them decompose. And it is the most disgusting thing ever. I mean, the mold that was getting on these burgers were so gross. The fucking fries never changed. Not like not even they maybe shriveled down a little bit, but it was it was pretty gross. <laughs> so, anyways, when I ate them, I they were good. Yeah, and um, the clip that was on Tuesday, he talks about that those fast food companies are in the business of making you crave them. That's yeah. what brings you back, right? You know it's not healthy, but it tastes good. Right. Yeah. So anyways, I just hope this little conversation for anyone going to do an IVF round and thinking about having McDonald's after just thinking twice about it. And let's, let's start a new tradition like of visualize. (laughs) We'll have to come up with something. The probably the most common myth out there is pineapple core because you can do it whether you're trying to um, conceive naturally or IVF or IUI. What is your feeling about the pineapple core? Well, pineapple has bromelain and that people can be intolerant to that. It's come up on food sensitivity tests. Actually, the functional nutritionist that we work with, she was down in all kinds of of pineapple and she was allergic to bromelain and and it's in, you could be intolerant to it. Yep. I tried to scour the internet for how much actual Brahmin you're getting in a pineapple core. Um, because yeah, there's loads of supplements out there with it in it. There's, you know, specific ones just for that. And they recommend, you know, whatever 50 to hundred milligrams, um, you know, for whatever ailment you're trying, um, to do. But in a core, no one was willing to say the actual amount. And um, the other thing that you get with pineapple is sugar. You know, you, you, one, one cup is 14 grams of sugar. So that's your half of your daily allowance. And if you're eating this, I think someone said like five days before and after, you know, ovulation or embryo transfer, you're whacking yourself with so much sugar. And for me, I didn't realize um, I had a fructose intolerance. <laughs> so I'm pretty, I know I ate the pineapple core for sure, maybe a few times. Um, and, you know, when people say like, well, just, just do it because it might not be, there's no harm in it, right? Like you don't think eating pineapple is harmful, but like you say, there's all these intolerance that people may have that you don't know about and you you actually are doing more harm than good by having it because these recommendations have worked for someone yes but we're all different and so to take like that's like a diet the keto the paleo the whatever it is it's worked for someone but it may not work for you so to take that that food they have tropical fruit they say you can should only eat the fruit that can be grown in your region so unless you're in the, the caribbean or hawaii like you are 
lucky person. Um, <laughs> and yeah, if you're naturally, if you're from there, then to eat the fruit that's around there. But if you're eating all this tropical fruit, which is typically higher in, higher in sugar and making those smoothies with it, like just like a big sugar load in the morning, mm-hmm. uh, like in your blood sugar and you know, how, how good is that for your sex hormones and your. Yeah. I mean, there's so much more involved in, um, just eating the core. Right. And I always think too, like when you're dealing with infertility, you obviously have so much inflammation somewhere in your body that is causing your infertility. Right. And so they're talking about this pineapple core lowering, um, you know, it's supposed to be anti-inflammatory and let's just say your inflammation is in your uterus. If you're having that much inflammation in your uterus, eating a pineapple core, let's say even 10 days out of the month is not going to sort that shit out. Yeah, gluten and dairy first. Don't worry about the pineapple core. And and I think that's, um, you know, in the everything I was kind of reading on the internet, that's where the pineapple came. I've got a little pineapple in my back. And I think it's awesome that that has become a symbol and it's brought, you know, the infertility um, community together. But it's once again, just getting those facts out there that even though it may work for some people, and I think maybe the people that it is working for they're doing other things as well. You know, they're either improving their diet or they're taking drugs or, you know, it is this pineapple core thing just kind of just needs to stop and go away. Just like the fucking fries. I know because these magic pill things, I've had people call me saying, what's the pill I can take to, to fix this? There's no <laughs> pill to like, you can't out, out supplement yourself out of a bad diet and a bad lifestyle. Like it's, it's, it's foundational. So yeah, these little, little one stop fixes could be good for one person but right now you're dealing with infertility and there's other things going on in your body and what yeah the focus just on that i don't know it doesn't make sense yeah when you when you look at it as a whole it just doesn't make sense and i know i remember being there just desperate for anything to work so i was willing to do all these things but i didn't have the knowledge that actually came with with what was actually going on Um, And that kind of leads us to the pomegranate juice. And I think it's the same exact thing around a, um, the pineapple. Uh, For most of us, we're going and buying palm, you know, the one with the little hearts on it. I mean, they've done an amazing job advertising themselves. Yeah, they're marketing. I think I read on the internet, they've spent millions of dollars doing studies to, you know, prove how good pomegranate juice is for your health. Um, but once again, if you are buying a 16 ounce bottle and drinking this daily, um, you're getting 34 grams of sugar and no fiber. There's absolutely no fiber in this drink. Um, and I see the pomegranate juice all the time on Instagram and it just kills me. Yeah, you don't see the actual pomegranate, do you? Because those things are, they're a pain in the butt to, to get out. <laughs> You're like covered in it. Well, yeah. I mean, um, you can think about if you try to juice a pomegranate, like how many pomegranates do you actually have to physically juice to get 16 ounces? Can't imagine. <laughs> no, I've never bought it and we don't recommend it to any of our clients. And I just think it's like this one 
this, again, this one thing that is sort of meaningless. Yeah. And just think of how much sugar you're actually putting into your body if you're doing pineapple and pomegranate. Yeah. The sugar <laughs> overload. And if you have a blood sugar issue, then mm-mm. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, pomegranate, once again, uh, you know, yes, there are amazing things about the fruit itself. So if you want to go and buy a pomegranate during your two week wait and, you know, have some seeds from it in your salad, fantastic. But if you are guzzling down pomegranate juice, you know, on a, for a week, it's just for me and for, I would say for a lot of people are, are going to be doing you more harm than good. You know, don't, don't let this whole like, well, you know, it's not going to, it's not going to be bad for you. Right. You know, cause in hindsight, it might be another myth that um, kind of just boggles my mind is keeping your feet warm during your two week wait. <laughs> Yeah, like the traditional Chinese medicine of keeping the the womb warm and keeping your feet warm, wearing the socks. But but if it's but then if you have cold feet, then well, first of all, we always look at a full thyroid panel and look at antibodies and see if there's a thyroid thing going on if your feet are cold to begin with. Um, and yeah, drinking like the cold liquids and uh, so keeping the body warm, I kind of that that, that makes sense because shocking it with these these cold things, but if putting the keeping the feet like it, it, i guess it comes from chinese traditional chinese medicine so um but with like the chinese medicine right there's a rhyme and a rhythm and a reason to be doing things right not just the feet yeah yeah they're like you're living a lifestyle of warmth and all that kind of stuff where this kind of myth i'm talking about is literally you just wear socks all the time transfer or yeah so after you transfer you're just you keep your feet in socks and you just keep them really really warm and I just am like well if that one like you say like there's a if you have cold feet there's an underlining issue why you have cold feet and hands all the time and yeah check your thyroid that is a huge factor um but I just wonder is like if you live in Vegas where it's hot or Hawaii where it's hot, like people ha- deal with infertility there, right? They don't need to get, have socks on to keep their feet warm and it's still not working for them. So it's just this kind of weird, like I know where it's come from. Like every, everything kind of comes from a good place, right? But when it's kind of brought into these superstitions, it just, it loses its, um, you know, core value of where it's coming from you know because i think acupuncturists talk about that a lot and um and i think you're right it is there is some there is um what's the word yeah in all of it but just walking around in socks and doing nothing else you know so now you you've you've eaten the fries you've eaten your pineapple you've drunk your pomegranate juice you're walking around in socks what's the next thing that we do that is just crazy with the supplementation. Yeah, the supplement, like the the over, like the amount of people that are self-prescribing supplements. And there's a few basic ones, which we, we may know about, but taking a whole bunch of other ones without, like we look at, same as you, like look at functional testing to see exactly what's going on. Because you could, we have people coming with like 30 supplements they're taking. I don't even know <laughs> why they're taking it. They're taking it for years. They spent hundreds of hundreds of thousands of dollars on these things and 
Um, yeah, like I didn't do any because this wasn't when I was going through it. It was none of this was even around. Um, but it's huge right now. I see it all the time. And self-prescribing. Yeah. Even, you know, I, I work with this stuff. I'm not, a, I'm not a nutritionist, but I like hire someone to help me figure this out. Yeah, I, I did it. And I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just shocked that I didn't go blue in the face with all the shit I used to take. And even, um, even though I was like diet and lifestyle before my second IVF, I still just wasn't there with the knowledge. And we went and saw an iridologist and I've talked about this before, but he, um, other than giving us really shitty nutrition advice, he put us on false unicorn. Um, God, I don't like, I can't think off the top of my head, but at least five different supplements. He put me on a natural blood thinner. And um, yeah, and even before that, I was just taking anything and everything. And I've done some posts and listed out the amount of supplements I used to fucking take. And I'm not saying that supplements aren't important. There's definitely a place for supplements and some, we need them, you know. Um, but, but like you say, you need to find the right ones that is going to support your body and support your fertility. And a lot of these, I feel like um, a lot of the fertility supplements, they're just never going to work for you if you have an underlining root condition. They're not going to be your magic pill. Because I know for years I was taking maca, royal jelly, you know, all those thinking like, well, that's going to help my fertility where it was like, it was just such a waste of money. Such a waste. Yeah, the latex, the royal jelly, the maca, the, um, the, all the different prenatals, which people are taking the wrong prenatal. Um, yeah, it, it, I just think it's, there's a lot of misinformation out there about supplements and really making sure you get, there should be a protocol that you, there's a beginning and an end to it. And you're not just taking these forever. There's like basics where you take a methylated prenatal, you take magnesium, you take an omega, and you take um, potentially a, a digestive enzyme, depending on what's going on. But um, yeah, so there's some basic ones, but all these other other ones where you don't quite know what, you know why why you're taking them you might have read you know mm-hmm. tell you to take these things and that might be right for one person but not for you and it just it just to me it just wastes time yeah exactly the right ones for your body mm-hmm. yeah it's it's really mental with um what is available out there and the quality matters too you know, that's a, another huge issue is that people think, you know, going to their local supermarket and buying, yeah, Kirkland, you know, brands. Um, what's the other really popular one with the little sperm? The, it has like the couple on the front and the little sperm. <laughs> they have his and hers. Yeah, I don't know. But um, yeah, it's, it's extremely important. Um, for everyone, but I would also say for people with the deep underlining root issues, you know, they can have, if you're allergic to corn or soy or any of that, and those are in the vitamins you're taking daily, right? This is not just something you have every once in a while. Um, it could be, it's just compounding on your issue, right? It's not going to be the be all and make all of your fertility journey, but, um, it's definitely a key cornerstone of having really good supplements. 
we see it all the time with people taking supplements, a whole list of them, and then it comes up in their food sensitivity test. And, you know, they've got soy and corn and, and gluten in the supplements. It's the wrong prenatal. It's, you know, they've got the MTHFR and they're just not taking methylated. Every single person should be taking a methylated folate. Yeah. I had Dr. Ben, ben Lynch in the podcast a little while ago, as you know, and um, talk about the importance of that, like folic acid, say goodbye to it. Um, and yeah, like to, to know what's, what's to really become this little um, label sleuth and reading the labels to see what's, what's, in, what's in it. And a lot of times people are saying, I'm taking wheatgrass, which if you're intolerant to, sensitive to gluten, which we say for, for, um, for anyone trying to conceive, like try going off gluten for 60 days. And then you're taking these wheatgrass shots, which if you're sensitive to gluten, we do not recommend <laughs> wheatgrass. Uh, but I speak to so many people, oh yeah, I'm doing wheatgrass, you know, in supplements or in shots, you know. Yeah, exactly. There's, um, there's a very good marketing tool because it has become popular. And, you know, we talked about how when you were growing up, it was unpopular to be hippie and eat all these things. And now it's super popular. And um, I talked about the other day, um, canola oil. So I go, to, we have a Whole Foods and we have a vegan shop just next to us. And I wasn't even thinking about it when I moved here. It's like, oh yeah, healthy food shop. And then all of a sudden I'm just like, all right, start reading the labels. I'm like, fuck, how much canola oil am I eating right now? Like, no wonder I'm feeling like shit, you know? Um, and yeah, you, you just have to be a food label geek because the marketing out there now is just so good. They know that we're, you don't want to eat it. Right. They know that we're in a rush and <laughs> that we won't take the time to actually look at the shit. And there's so much shit, even if it's organic, look at the packet and see what's in there. Anyways, we've gone on off on a little tangent, but, um, all right. So those are the kind of top myths. I'm sure there's some more, but those are the ones we wanted to cover. And I know coming from our background, you know, everyone just wants like one simple tip or um, trick or tip that they can do. And I was trying to think of one and I couldn't. I couldn't think like, okay, if you just do this before, during your transfer or ovulation, this will help you. Could you can you think of one? To me, if you are going down the IVF, IUI route, the, the one thing you need to do is you need to work on your mindset. So like with your journal, with visualization, with meditation, uber, uber self-care, like dig into the mindset piece. If you're going down to getting pregnant naturally, that's a whole other conversation with diet and lifestyle and lots of things we can do there. But if you're going down that route, I would just visualize the heck out of this thing working. Yeah. But it's not a quick fix, right? You gotta, you gotta start that shit like ages ago <laughs> and i think even i would say diet is uh just important going into you know ivf or iui to increase your chances but you can't you can't just do it for two weeks right you can't just say okay my ivf's coming up i'm gonna start clean eating you know i see it all the time you just that it doesn't for most people it does not work that way like i get calls and it's like oh i next month i'm having an ivf and i say I wouldn't change the diet right now. You can have detox reactions. You can have all sorts of issues. I would, if you're going, if you're calling me now, you have 30 days, focus on your mindset. And yeah. And working. If you've got six months, 
that's a whole different ball game where we're like, we're looking at diet, we're looking at all these things to prepare. Um, we obviously believe in all of that, but and seeing the, the results, people getting pregnant naturally after being told, sorry, it's not going to work. So yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah, where you want to go. People yeah, exactly. Go down the, yeah, go, they'll go down the route of, of, um, you know, IVF or IOI, and then they decide when they no longer want to do that and they'll come here when they're ready. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, my point was, I was hoping that we can give our listeners a nice, good tip trick, <laughs> but oh, like a little fun little trick. Yeah. Right. But uh, do not have full of acid. Yeah. <laughs> is methylated folate. Full stop. Done. That's what that would be the trick. Yeah. And if you're wondering what we're on about, Sarah did an amazing interview with uh, Dr. Ben Lynch and it's on her other podcast, uh, Get Pregnant Naturally. And go listen to it. If you watch me on Instagram, you might have saw it. It's a massive game changer, in my opinion. And um, we were talking about it before and we were just so happy that we, he was so frank about things. He was, and that's what we need. That's those conversations to start changing things up is we need to be pretty frank and not beat around the bush, which I feel um, that the infertility world does beat around the bush because we one don't want to like maybe offend people or two, or it's not scientifically proven that diet and lifestyle works. Um, you know, it doesn't work for everyone, you know, all those different things. I think we walk a really thin line of, what we want to say or what we're able to say and i think that's just bullshit and we're just gonna start pissing people off i think <laughs> well yeah and i might have said this before in here i can't remember but like how come when we're given a prescription drug we're like okay and we take it and maybe we see there's some side effects we're like okay we'll take it but if we're where we've been prescribed maybe a supplement or some diet and lifestyle things we're like all of a sudden we become these these crazy researchers we <laughs> researched the shit out of it but with the, with the drug we just take it. Well, why? Why? Yeah. And I can't remember um, who Dr. Lynch quoted, but he said one of the people he follows on Facebook or something about planning a wedding and then how much effort you put into having a child. I was like, oh, that hurts, man. That like cuts the core. <laughs> what? Like a year of like the wedding and the food and the cake and the DJ and all that. And then for a baby, boom, we, we, you know, we get a month. Let's, let's do it. Woohoo, 30 days. Yeah, right. Switch it, switch it. <laughs> yeah. But like we say, you know, hopefully us getting this information is going to support people in um, encouraging them to make new decisions and feeling supported in those decisions that our society is just not there yet. And we do are made to feel like a bit of freaks or that we're woohoos about this. And, um, but, yeah, like we've said before, 10 years time, hopefully it will be the norm or at least not as um, fought against. <laughs> or we'll be I'm deep in the handmaid's tail and some of that stuff. I'm like, damn, like the, the pesticides on the, the produce and everyone's infertile. I'm like talking to um, some of these practitioners on my podcast. The information I know. Yeah. Are up. It's not like freaky out there it's like we need to do something now yeah and um as you know as i've said before you know my focus changed 
it wasn't about getting pregnant. It was about having healthy kids and, you know, turning off shitty genes. And um, I got an email from Chris Cresser, follow him. And he was like, you know, is the millenniums, the canary in the coal mine, are they the ones, you know? Yeah, they're they're literally getting, you know, sicker, chronic disease earlier than, you know, the Gen Xs, the baby boomers, like what's what's going on there? And then like my, like our kids that are Generation Z and, um, or Z, whatever you want to call them, US. I've lost track. Generation Z, um, even worse. So, yeah, it's going to be, yeah. But hopefully we can inspire um, a large, large handful of men and women to sort the shit out. But uh, that's it for us today. Thank you once again for joining us on the Infertile Diagnosis, and we will see you next week. I don't know what we're going to talk about. I haven't planned that far ahead yet, (laughs) but we are looking forward to having you back. Thanks again, Sarah, for joining us, and we'll see you guys soon. A few more things before you go. If you like what we're doing, please leave a review and or a rating. We would greatly appreciate it and it would totally help us out. Also, if you'd like to connect with either of us, you can find me, Monica, over at mymindfulme.com and you can connect with Sarah over on fabfertile.com. All the links you need to find us on our websites, our social media, any products we talk about, book, special offers, or any guests that we have on, you're going to find all that information in the show notes. So that's it. Thank you once again for being with us here on the Infertile Diagnosis and have a beautiful day.